<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, trying her mostest, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, today we have a return guest, one of my favorite humans on the internet. She is so unapologetically herself, and she really encourages so many other people to do the same. And she also is such a great voice of just going through damn life, being a young mom, body autonomy. She's made some really incredible decisions over the last few years for herself, ones that she, you know, has talked about regretting as well. And I actually don't know if her husband's going to join us today as well, but that'll be a little surprise and delight if he does. But we're welcoming Bethany Garcia from the Garcia Diaries. Her and her husband have a really successful podcast called the Garcia Diaries as well. They are young parents and they're funny as hell. And I'm so excited to have her and maybe him on the show today as well. Enjoy. All right, Bethany and Anthony. This is the first time Anthony's been on the pod. Yeah, it is. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for this having is me. Your, this is, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Bethany and I got to talk a, a little bit about you behind your back last time. So this time we'll just do it to your face. <laughs> oh, man. No, we talked about grapefruiting last time, if you want to know the specifics. So this is... <laughs> This, this is an evolution. You guys are some of my favorite people on the internet. I, I We've met before in real life, which was such a delight because you are, you're the type of people that you take you off the screens and into real life and you're the exact same. And sometimes that can feel like a, a delight and a treat nowadays, but uh, I've lo- always loved following you. I've loved the evolution of who you are and how you share and how you show up because I know that's not always easy. And I also love that when I accidentally became an Eagles fan, you were the only people that I, that I was aware of in my social network that I was like, I need to talk about this extensively for a very long time. I need to know, um, mostly how do you regulate your emotions and does it ever come? Because I'm still, like the feeling after a loss, the feeling that you want to throw up, I, I don't know how to, does that ever get better? So let me start by saying you and I really haven't got to discuss oh. you know, <laughs> Eagles much. Um, so first, thank you for lighting that fire again in you and Taylor Swift, like mm. for yeah. a few years now. You and Taylor Swift. For, Me and Taylor, thank you. You're welcome. For, you and a few, for a few years now, Bethany's kind of wandered away from football. Like a lot of Sundays, I sit on the couch, fold laundry by myself, watching mm. the games. 
and I have this routine. It works. But since T Swift came on the scene, you're on the scene. She's talking football on the couch, watching football. So thanks for bringing my football buddy back. <laughs> yeah. But- you know what? It's so sweet before like we dive into the rest of it. it. It's fascinating. I love that approach because there's been so many naysayer men around women enjoying their, what's like been coined their sport. And my husband, when we started watching it, he was like, I actually love watching sports. I just won't do it. I don't like doing it alone. And so he's loved that we do it together. My dad, when I, you know, as you get older, your parents, like they have different, you relate more to your mom, I think as you grow up. And my dad's been like, he texts me like not about things that are, you know, family parties and stuff like that. He's texting me about the game. It's like changed (laughs) if you see it through the right lens, it really has changed a lot of relationships for the better. And I think it's really beautiful, but now tell me how to survive it. (laughs) Well, I'll admit I was a little annoyed at first because my wife is a real Swifty from before. Okay. Okay. So I've been hearing about it for 10 years. Oh, Mm -hmm. listen to this song. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, now I got to hear about it on the TV (laughs) and kind of watch sports. So I was a little annoyed at first, but then I saw the way that people were like taking it to another level. And I was like, I mean, it's it's not that serious, guys. Like, we can yeah. still watch the game. Um, but so back to the Eagles. So there's a lot of pain in being an Eagles fan because yeah. we're normally a great team. So yeah. we have a chance every single year. And unfortunately, we fall short quite often. Like, sometimes yeah. I'm like, I wish we just sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so that way I know every playoffs, either we're just happy to be there or yeah. <laughs> So there's a lot of joy and, you know, we're a great team, great organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got our Super Bowl a few years ago. Who knows when it'll happen again. But last year, when- well, 2018, you won it. Eagles, but yeah. Yeah. We had the biggest party and it was like we had a bartender and like all of our oh friends. My God. And we don't have a garage at our house. We have like yeah. a carport. And so we turned our whole carport into like a football viewing room. Like it was so fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Anthony was beyond like he 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 did the Jason Kelsey before Jason Kelsey did it. He had his shirt off screaming and he oh was my God. like and then it turned out that they lost and it was it was a sad night. But yeah, any I feel like anytime the Eagles lose, he's like yeah, it's <laughs> devastating because there's always hope. And obviously only one team can win it every year. Yeah. We're, we're always one of those four to eight teams that has a shot. So it's great, but it's a roller coaster. And you'll feel yeah. it as you continue to grow and love the team. It'll hurt more yeah. and more. Well, for me, I'm not a Swifty, but obviously there was so much talk about Travis in the news. And I was like, oh, gosh, this guy is like kind of adorable and I'm I love the podcast he has with his brother I've just seen some snippets here and there um but I really liked Jason's humor so when I saw the Amazon Prime documentary when it first came out I watched it and just heard the heart around their story and their team and Jason's heart for it and I just was like I've never felt like I needed to root for a team before and I felt so and so there was a lot of people who were like we love Taylor and therefore we love Travis and we love the Chiefs and I was just so drawn to Jason and his wife, the way that their home was ran, that just, I was like, I've never even felt like I relate to people in that world. And I felt so, I just was like, I need to root for these humans. I don't know what this is. But then when we started watching the sport and in cadence, listening to the podcast, I was like, I've watched this sport passively for my entire life and I've never understood it. And it's been such a gift to enjoy sports. I do find I still have had to find 
more women led, uh, sports pages and stuff though, because I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable commenting on like the Philadelphia Eagles, like page. Like I'm not comfortable there yet yeah. because I do feel the Brad does has come out and it's scary. The, yeah. They're a little scary. I mean, I even, this is so funny, but like, do you know that like meme that went around It's not even a meme. It was like a social share, uh, where Jason went through the drive-through at the McDonald's and yeah. he gave his favorite, um, McDonald's drive-through girl, a Jersey, right? right yeah. They gave her, he gave her a signed Jersey and it was just such a sweet thing. Right. Especially at such a big loss. The fact that he, like his first thought was I'm going to go thank one of my biggest fans. Yeah. So it was a very sweet post. And then I saw the comments and they were like, you should have been telling her to lose weight. You should have been telling, like, wow. you should have been this, you should have been that, like making fun of her appearance. And I saw her in the comments, like, defending her having to defend herself oh, no. that I literally so I saw who she edited herself right so I dm'd her and I was like I just want you to know I think you're I don't even know what I said I was like I just think you're great I love that your fandom like got you this moment but like you don't deserve any of this and you're awesome and like just keep going but I was just like this that woman so was bad. literally in a picture and they used it as an opportunity I think there's a lot of toxicity still to be rid of but it's been it's been really beautiful to see so many people highlight Jason in the last little bit. And because I feel like I was there six months ago and everyone's like, why are you crazy? Like, why are you suddenly like so obsessed with this human? And somebody pointed out yesterday, he's kind of a Jack Black adjacent, which kind yeah, of tracks for me. Yes. So I was like, okay, this it's all, it's all adding up. But um, yeah, I've, I've loved sort of, even with you guys, like how much the, connection between loving that team because when I first came I was like I love the Eagles people were like they're the worst fandom in the entire league like they're so bad like don't they're the they worst can, they are they can be a scary fandom sometimes I'm scared of him oh I'll take on a whole <laughs> bar by myself no literally I like stopped oh going God. to sports bars and stuff with him to watch the game because it would be a bar full of Cowboys fans and he'd be in there picking fights with everyone in there. And I'm like, and everyone's looking at me like your husband's a dick. Like it just is so embarrassing. And then even at home, like the way he was like yelling at the TV and stuff, I had to like set house rules. Like we don't yell at the TV. Yeah. We don't clap so loud that my ears are ringing, like stuff like that, you know? Hey, but the kids are there yeah, the screaming kids. with me. When I yeah. start the Eagles chant, if I spell it out, you'll hear the kids from whatever room they're in, even e, a, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll let it go. Um, but I think, so we haven't seen the documentary. Oh my God. But from everything I've seen, it kind of humanized them, right? Mm -hmm. You see professional athletes or celebrities and you kind of hold them to another level. And then once you can kind of see like, they're just regular human beings mm -hmm. that were given a super great talent. Mm -hmm. They're just like us. Mm -hmm. so I've, I'm in the grocery store wearing Eagles gear and people are like, oh my gosh, did you see the documentary? Like, so similar to you, like I've had 10 people within the past few months tell me that same story. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's awesome that there's a demographic of people that don't love the game essentially for yeah. what it is, just football. But yeah. They're brought in for other reasons. And yeah, yeah, that's so true. We'll take them. Yeah. I will say the one thing that I really loved about it, especially in the era I'm in, which is just like a lot of driving around of kids to their sports and things like that, was just how much they showed so much appreciation of the sacrifice of their parents for doing that. Because I think we see these major athletes having incredible careers and we never really hear the story of, yeah, my mom drove me around for really like for many years, spent her weekends, has dedicated a lot of like her life to making sure that we could have opportunity at this one. And 
I think I was just like, wow, in a weird way, they were thanking every parent who's ever right. given up their weekends yeah. to drive their kids around to go live their dreams because we kind of get to live them with them. And so that was like a big part too. And also just the fact that when you have somebody who believes in you, just hearing Travis's story with like almost being kicked out of football and having Jason just believe in him, what a difference that made. I mean, I watched the game last night against, the, I don't know when this will come out, but the game yesterday was the Chiefs and the Bills. And Here's everyone's been tracking how well Travis does when Taylor's in the stands. And (laughs) last night, Jason's in the stands and doesn't he get two touchdowns? He's only had five the whole season and he gets two with his brother in the stands. You can't tell like to me, I'm like, there's a lot of psychology in this stuff. And I think it's really cool when like somebody believes in you, what a difference that can make in the way you play. So it's been really fun. Honestly, I love that you guys are such fans and, uh, but I, I'm, I'm such a fan of you both. And just the way that you have always been yourselves, like you, that's so hard. Can I just be honest? It's so hard to do that. And I know Bethany for you, you have kind of like come through the world of like postpartum and body image and sharing your relationships, the ups and downs. And you continue to do so in spite of so much criticism that everybody is facing. You're not alone in that, but you somehow continue to trek on with, but that's who we are and that's who I am. And I'm not going to apologize or be quieted. And I feel so stuck sometimes just one comment can derail my week. And I think they quite enjoy that. And I've watched you You persevere through it. And I guess I'm just, how do you guys like in your relationship with each other, how do you push through that to make sure that you are showing up authentically? I, I, I just did a solo pod and, and I was sort of pulling from the fact that I had written this thing down in my phone a couple months back because I wrote down that people want authenticity, but then will judge you when you show them who you are. And I really struggled with that. Like people want you to be like, you can show them your messy house and then they'll call you a shit wife. They want you to feel filled up and as a parent or as a mother and be real about your relationship. And then you show them it and they're just like, wow, what? Like you're so this, that, the other. And uh, it's hard. It's hard to keep doing that and, and while protecting your peace. So I would love to sort of hear how you guys have done that. It's, it's so hard. It really is. But I feel like on one hand, people like humanity is hard in and of itself. So when you have this many people flocking to an app at the same time to, and you're wanting them to comment and like, and that's kind of like the goal, like we need these metrics as influencers. So we need people, but you have, I mean, how many people, if you put a hundred people in a room, how many people of them have had a bad day or are mm. going through something mm. extremely tough, whether it's grief or loss or relationship. And so it's hard to like, think about those things when you're rece- receiving criticism. Yeah. But I feel like remembering that everyone's human. And when yeah. you have someone, I feel like they just think we have the toughest skin and the thickest yeah. skin. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm human too. I'm going through exactly what you're going through. Like we were more similar than we are different, but I think one of the hardest things for me too, is like you said, going through the part, the postpartum and body image space and sharing mm. so authentically for years, but then, um, also sharing authentically that I was going to get a boob job and that I was go, that I was trying to lose weight 
And those things were met with such criticism, which I expect, I knew, like I knew yeah. going into it, but I still wanted to share because I wanted, I didn't want to just like show up one day and I had a different body. Yeah. And then people ask why, and I don't tell them the truth. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like that happens so often with influencers and celebrities mm-hmm. where it's like, how did they lose weight? And it's like, yeah. oh, I ate a grape a day or I yeah. did this or that. Like, no, I took medicine for three months. That's what yeah. I did. But then also now, like, people still are like, oh, she did Ozempic or did this or that. Or, like, I did it for three months and got so sick, so I stopped. Yeah. I never did it again. And, like, I've gained weight since then, but people still hold that over my head. That's what I mean. So they like, want your honesty, but then yeah. they're going to use it against you. Even with the boob job, I wanted to share, like I nursed for 10 years, my yeah. boobs dangled down to my belly button. Like I wanted to get a lift, but the surgeon said, if I get a lift, I'm not going to be happy with the results. Cause I have yeah. no tissue. So yeah. I chose to get an implant and yeah. I shared that journey, honestly. And people were so upset. And I think the big thing that's missing from the body positive movement is the piece about bodily autonomy. Yes. And I feel like so many people don't get that. And it's so strange to me how many people are so invested in my body Mm. and any change that it makes or anything that happens to it. It's like I have to like give a thesis on why Mm. I chose to do that and I have to always defend myself and it's like I wanted people get are mad that I got tattoos people are mad that I got a boob job people are mad anything I do so it's like I just have to remember that everyone's gonna have opinions and well I more so he has to remember that everyone has opinions and then he tells that to me (laughs) yeah so the same thing with you one comment will send um Bethany off the rails and um to the many hats that I wear, therapist, counselor, that's something. Um, and so Bethany and I are different. We're from different worlds. We were raised differently. Mm-hmm. We went through different things in life. Um, so I think it actually works for us because, you know, Bethany is the face. She is the Garcia diary. She's putting mm-hmm. herself out there in, in these vulnerable posts and giving people, strangers, a glimpse into our lives, right? Because mm-hmm. We try to be as real and raw as we possibly can, but everything's still curated to a point because Beth choose what to share. Um, but my stance is I, I kind of just talk sense into her. Um, yeah. With the boob job thing, our oldest daughter is 10 years old. Nine years ago when you know she was complaining about her, the change in her breasts, I said, listen, when we can afford or when you can afford to uh, – Scottsdale is the closest place to have surgery in Scottsdale – Hey, do what you want. I just don't mm-hmm. want to go to another country for a cheaper rate. This was yeah. before Bethany was who she is. We had no money back then. It was just, I was just like, hey, if that's what you want to do, we'll do it. But yeah. here's, I don't want to have to take three flights to get back home type of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we just always stay grounded in who we are. And um, for me, I was not raised with a lot. So the life that I live today is beyond anything I could have ever dreamed. Mm. So I think I kind of, keep us grounded in like, hey, maybe you aren't as successful as you want to be or in Mm -hmm. this period of our lives, you aren't doing exactly what you want to do. But look back at the look back at our lives, where we came from, where we started. And so we just kind of keep each other grounded. But Mm -hmm. the same thing happens to her. Someone will make a rude comment and she's like, you know, and I have to just, hey, 
what really matters at the end of the day, the seven people in our home, mm-hmm. are you, and I'll tell her, are you living your truth? Are you posting what really mm-hmm. matters to you? And yes, I'm like, okay, so if you're doing everything that you say you're living, uh, what you post, who cares? You're going to, you can't make everyone happy. We kind of live by that model. Yeah. And I do think like the internet has gotten, I mean, Bethany, when you and I first met on the internet, I feel like we were just in a bubble of positivity and it's kind of burst in the last couple of years. And I don't think it's an individual thing. I think it's a society thing. I've seen it across the board. I've seen it everywhere. And a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people are struggling on how do you show up and how do you I mean, I, I recently said that I sort of think through three different filters before I say anything, before I do things. And it makes you sort of like, you don't want to be, and you don't want to be inauthentic, but you're also thinking through so many layers of how it could be perceived, thought of misread, misconstrued, and it can start to cause you to be curated. It can start to cause you to be a lesser version. And I think one thing I really appreciated about that one post that you made about, you know, going on weight less drugs, which you ended up regretting and then getting a boob job, which you did not was that touch on body autonomy. And the fact that we're all fucking human, we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to make good choices for us. That might've been a bad choice for somebody else. And at the end of the day, does the last thing that ever works for anybody is shame. It just doesn't. If somebody they've, they've done studies on people who are overweight that are shamed for their body size. It actually does the reverse of what people think it's going to do. It actually does less positive impact. They're less likely to actually show up and do anything for themselves. The same thing. If somebody makes a decision in their life that they end up regretting or going through, uh, whether it's a relationship breakup, whether it's a body autonomy choice, being told that you made the wrong decision doesn't activate them making, making different ones in the future. It just causes more shame to compile on top of that. Nobody loses out on just supporting each other. We just don't even, I've had so many friends do things that with their bodies that I don't agree with. And they've probably seen me do things with my body that they don't agree with. And guess what? Like that's because it's so individual and the way that we are in our relationships and the way that we share them is so individual as we parent is so individual. And yet we seem to lose that lens when we're people just I mean, I think I've, I think I do have a lot of compassion for like the bad day mentality or the fact that you can scroll something and be like, I don't agree with this because I experience that, but I don't make it somebody else's responsibility. And I don't want them to change because of what I thought, like that's not for them to do. How often do you let them know? Let's say you're scrolling and you see something you don't like. How often do you let them know that you don't like that or agree with that? Never, ever, right? Just never. never. I see something I don't like. I move on and yes, go on yeah. with my day. Yeah, that's the wild part. But also the other thing too is, as I'm sharing, like the when I when I decided to do Ozempic, I mm-hmm. was going. Th- we were like split up. Like we were yeah. going through the hardest time. We were in therapy three times a week. I my eyes were swollen for a month from just crying. Like yeah. it was the hardest time. And so there's context behind why I made that decision, mm-hmm. but that's never remembered now. It's just yeah. like, oh, she chose to do this when she's supposed to be body positive. Mm. Like I I struggle with my body just as much as the next person, just because I choose to write things out in my notes app and then post them. And when I'm feeling a moment of positivity, so then I realize that I need to share like the bad moments too, mm-hmm. because I'm like, do people just think I'm like so positive all the time? Like I'm 
sharing my thoughts when I'm having those good moments. So I'm like, okay, let me try to share the bad moments too. And then people are yeah. like, you struggle so much. Like you've been lying all these years. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, I think there's such a misconception that loving your body means that it stays the exact same that every single, like that the way that you love it is so emotional based and it's just so individual. And I'm somebody who thought that losing weight would make me happy that I dedicated my whole Instagram, social media, my life surrounded what it would be to lose weight and live that life. And I've been really open about the fact that it took me going through that experience. When I see people going through like intentional weight loss, this is why I'm like, I will do nothing but support you because you're the only one that will walk that journey. And ultimately on the other side, you might find happiness or you might be like me who actually found more resentment towards their body than ever before and more hate and the knowledge that looking a certain way didn't fix everything that was going on in the inside. So when people are losing weight or gaining weight or going through surgeries, I always think about like, you just have no idea what's going on in the inside. We just don't. And so I don't ever want to be the kind of person that speculates that they're doing it because they hate themselves or doing it because they love themselves. We don't know. Even when I was going through it, I would call it my health journey. I would say it was because I loved myself so much because I was almost like gaslighting myself into believing that being thinner meant that I would be happier. Being thinner just meant that I could fit in more clothes. People did treat me better. And I ultimately uh, also felt like I could never leave the house because it was never enough. It never felt like I, I was never actually happy myself. So it's taken so much back and forth. It's, I mean, I have gotten lip injections before and then I was like, eh, I don't actually like that anymore. Stop doing it. That, But I made that decision. I went yeah. through that decision of my own autonomy and then eventually made a different decision. And I don't think it's ever fair to hold somebody's passed against them. Like they didn't learn through that experience. Or like you said, with your boobs, you don't regret it. So you're like, where does that go? Am I allowed to actually just be okay with this decision? Are we all meant to just hate our bodies so much? And then we relate to that. Or are we allowed to love our bodies with decision-making? I think my opinion has changed so many times over the years. And so I also hold a lot of space for people that are behind normalize changing your mind, normalize changing your mind. When you have new information or new experiences, like Mm -hmm. I think we're allowed because maybe five years ago when I was going through things, if I saw you go get a boob job and go on a Zempic, I might've been highly triggered by that. Uh, I watched you go through this whole thing and I was like, I'm so proud of her for like making her own decisions and like feeling like she owns her own body. Because I think a lot of us, especially in social media space, you don't feel like you're, you don't feel like you own yourself anymore. You own yourself, your decisions and everybody else's opinions for you. And that's really hard to navigate. So I, so from an outside perspective, obviously, um, I think what's lost is at the end of the day, doing something for yourself, solely for yourself. I think Mm. for so long women, they had to look a certain way or, you know, if, if you didn't fit in this box, you weren't good enough or, you you know? Yeah. And so I think now from what I understand about the, you know, body positivity, self-love is doing something strictly for yourself. Mm. Beth, when Bethany said, Hey, I want a boob job. I was like, Hey, I mean, if you're asking me, I think your boobs look, look great. Yeah. He, he definitely was more so like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Thing? Yeah. I think you should get another opinion. Like, are you sure? Oh, do you want to do it this soon? Like, he was he was a little bit of the voice of reason. Meanwhile, I was like, I want to do it right now, like <laughs> tomorrow, like that kind of a thing. And he's like, 
once you make this change to your body, like it's going to be changed forever. Like, are you good with that? And yeah. so I think a lot of guys, like we have, we yeah. know people that, that their husbands are like, go get a boob job. Here's my card kind of a thing. And so mm -hmm. it's like, I can honestly say I made this decision a hundred percent for myself. Even with the weight loss thing, like he was like, why are you doing that? Like mm. we were going through a hard time and he's like, what, what are you doing? Like, but I mean, if you look back on it, it's the like, one I thing love... you felt like you yeah. could control when your yeah. life is out of control, you make decisions yeah. that aren't always the best ones, but they feel like a, they feel like a piece of something that you can choose. Yeah. But that's what I've learned through this is, Hey, maybe even if I don't agree, if that's what you want to do, if that's mm -hmm. what's going to make you feel better or hey, mm -hmm. I'm for that. And I'm going to use that same thing. We have four daughters, obviously yeah. with them, with my son, it's just a matter of, Hey, as long as you're happy and, and you're not hurting anyone or causing mm -hmm. harm to yourself, let's get it. Let's get it done. Do what you never need to do. Yeah. That's kind of loss of if someone's making a decision for themselves, whether you want to be in the gym seven days a week or, you know, I decided, hey, we're all dying one day. I might as well eat good. You know, why would I be in the gym? You know, that's just me. But yeah, I think that's what's so lost is the, the whole thing was all right, women learning it's to hard. love themselves and make decisions for themselves because I feel for so long decisions were made for other people to fit mm. societal norms, to fit mm -hmm. what a good housewife would be or what, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's just lost. So I think if people can just learn, Hey, at the end of the day, what Bethany does doesn't affect you. What Sarah does doesn't affect well, me. It does affect you. Like I've been in the same situation where I'm triggered by people on the internet when I'm going through things. Like I love the mute button. You're right. Yeah. I love the mute button. button. Like, I'm never offended if someone unfollows me because mm -hmm. I, my content is triggering to where they're at in their life. Yeah. I don't want people to watch my stuff if they're yeah. triggered by it. I want everyone to right. like use Instagram as an escape in a little bubble of happiness. Yeah. And that's how I use it for myself. So it's like, I, of course, unfollow me, mute yeah, me, exactly. whatever you need to do, but also don't judge me. But yeah, or, yeah. or you know, commenting rude things yeah. or, you know, in the DMs talking crazy. It's like, all right, like you said, criticism typically never works. Yeah, it doesn't know? work. How have you sort of followed the line of, uh, and I think about this a lot, where um, influencers make personal decisions for themselves and they decide to be open and honest with that. But then it gets also the pressure of, but you're influencing. You also have a responsibility as an influencer. And how have you sort of like managed th those two worlds in the sense that like everyone wants you to be honest about what you're doing. They are going to judge you for it, but they're also going to tell you that you're an influencer and that your decisions are actually impacting other people's decisions. I sit a little bit of like a, I find that that puts people in boxes a little bit. I have people in my family who have gotten plastic surgery and I've never looked at those decisions and been like, oh my God, am I supposed to do that now? Yeah. But I know you've probably faced it. Has that been something that's been brought up? Is that you're influencing I, others? I think for years, I agreed with that stance that like because mm. I'm an influencer I need to be socially responsible and I need to be sharing every little thing that yeah comes across politically and you know morally and mm -hmm. all of these things and it brought me so much more mental health issues yeah. than it brought positivity for others I can yeah. promise you that and I think it's refreshing to hear that like even you struggle even as I view you as so like bold and 
unafraid of it all. And I think a lot of times I've wanted to be this really strong, bold version of myself. And I, and I try and be that. And then everything sort of crumbles and you get all of the backlash and you try and manage that. And you realize all this did was rob me of every opportunity I have around my family. And to be like, I don't know how to keep doing all of this and being this person. And, and I think if we all stop trying to be perfect, about how to activate ourselves into caring. It's uh, like I said, it's not shame. Shaming people isn't it. I think it's a lot of just how we're motivated to move through and show up and do things and to the best of our ability. How is it for you guys with even the podcast space? How has that changed for you over the years? And how has it evolved uh, for the better? Because I know you've, you know, have had the show, you've taken hiatuses, you've done all the things. Uh, Let's talk about that for a second. I feel like the first thing I get burnt out on is the podcast. Like I, that's what I struggle with most. I feel like if we were, if it was more of a financial, like, blessing to us oh my god I feel this but it's It's a lot of work and little reward yeah Yeah. and so I just yeah it's that's a hard thing for me and I think it's his favorite thing and Mm. so we always are like going back and forth on how we're feeling about it I'm not really I mean social media for me is just fun like yeah I'll I'll post for two weeks great content and then I'll fall off for four weeks because (laughs) not my job you know yeah yeah Um, yeah. the podcasts I can come on here and speak my mind and never have to hear it again but sometimes I speak a little too much or say a little too much but I just that real raw filtered I bring that same approach here Mm. and just hey this is who I am and yeah some people people seem to like it I yeah for me yeah a lot of like people love it we love our podcast listeners but also I think when you're just sitting here talking for an hour, people have so much more content to like just pick apart Mm. and like dissect every sentence. So to me too, it's like a little scarier than like hopping on Instagram and doing like a 15 second story. So even like me talking to camera on Instagram, I feel like I rarely do that anymore unless it's for an ad. Because mm. I just I like writing. I don't yeah. like I'm not a big speaker um as to where he is. And so I'm I'm a writer and I always have been. So I like writing things out. And mm-hmm. so the podcast is so much fun that we get to do it together. But I think he has a lot more to say. And also with the podcast, I, I think of I think just for myself, like if if I'm gonna take time out of my day to put a, a earbud in or in the car to listen to someone talk. I genuinely like that person. Like, yeah. I'm not listening to a podcast of someone that I dislike or that I hate or yeah. that I want to criticize. So for me, like, obviously you get the people that want to listen just to critique, but the majority of people that listen to the podcast are people that really rock with us, are dedicated to us, they're interested in what we have to say. So more often than not, it's positive as opposed to negative. Yeah. That's, that's why I feel more comfortable doing but a podcast. I feel like, Team Bethany team anthony oh she always talks over him or he always interrupts her she and like does. does they'd have like these whole battles and like the review and i'm like it's anthony writing them <laughs> no, just i'm like i had to stop looking at reviews like a year yeah. ago so i'm just, yeah yeah that, it's I not worth the hard it part too is like judging our entire like marriage right. off of like an episode on the podcast too it's like you have no idea 
It does feel a little bit like there is a, there is like a mole. Does it feel like that sometimes? Like you have people who are hate following you or hate listening. And it's like having a mole in your house who is like reporting back to their little people about what they heard. And um, I've said this a few times now, but my friend Avery said it, and I have repeated it to everybody that is sort of going through this again, uh, as well, which is just once somebody views you through a lens of their own bias, like there's nothing you can really do to change exactly. that. Like they've decided that you are this type of person and it's not your responsibility to convince them that you're not. And I, it, when she said that to me, it gave me a lot of relief. I wouldn't say that it's taken away a lot of the anxiety of just, I can say like the other day, for instance, this is so dumb. But the other day I had, um, I, my skin was like skinning. It was like really looking good. And all I had was mascara on. And I was showing how my microbladed brows, like just really bring together like a finished look. And I was like, I have no makeup on today except for mascara and like a lip serum. And this one girl was like, so you're wearing makeup. And I was like, no, I meant like skin makeup. Like, why do I have to clarify to that degree? And I looked at her account and she's not even following me. So I was like, so you're just watching, just waiting for me to make, because I didn't say I'm not wearing any foundation makeup. I'm not wearing any face makeup. I'm wearing mascara. So, but it just made me see it from such a lens of, oh my God, they're looking for anything. And so there's nothing you can really do to fix the human parts of ourselves that are so, um, flawed. Like we're not perfect. We're also, we're, we're doing things on the fly. We've got kids around. If I spell something wrong, I will hear about it for like 48 hours. It's like the most insane. And I'm like, you know, most people, I'm just like, you're all just fun. And I love it. And this is why I love stories. Like stories to me are just it because I feel like there's a lot of camaraderie, but when you get a mole in the room, it's like, Ooh, I didn't like that. I had a mole in my house all this time. And you weren't actually here for any good. You're just here to be a mole the worst is when you get like this 10 paragraph like hate message where they're oh, yeah. just, like ripping you to shreds and then you go back and they've been following you for five years and oh they asked for has you to give positive. them something yeah like I love you I love you I love your kids I love this and they're so nice for like and then all of a sudden they just snap and they like hate you and I'm like mm-hmm. I'm like what was it which part was I know it? what was and the thing I did all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so mad and like, yeah to take that much time to like write things up I'm just in all yeah. people sometimes. I am too. But honestly, I appreciate you both. I appreciate the way that you continue to show up, even though it's hard. And I think that this has actually been really refreshing for me to know and hear that from you. Um, because I know it's hard, but yet I still get so inspired by your family, your story. I mean, I was a young mom, you were a real young mom. And I just think you guys are such incredible parents and you're such a testament to like, it doesn't always have to be a you know, it might be messy, but it's not always like a disaster and you can have such a beautiful family and circumstances don't, um, are just like everyone's stories can be so different. doesn't have to be the cookie cutter. And I, and I really am so inspired by that. I've been so inspired by the fact that like, you've been open about your mistakes and your rejoicing in the things that haven't been mistakes and how you guys have persevered, even when people have viewed you through a lens of being something else, because, I just think you guys are great. You're a lot of fun to hang out thank with. You. Well, thank you both so much. We're about to do a swap. So I'm going to end this one and hop onto yours. Uh, but for everyone listening, check out their podcast as well. And uh, Instagram, the Garcia Diaries. And I'm going to have everything in the show notes for you as well. And as always, I'll see you next week. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories and don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.